you can properly learn how to pronounce the word giallo. There is no Hollywood ending, so listen to the Uncut Gems podcast, a weekly show where we talk about movies no one else wants to talk about for at least as long as it takes to watch them. This is episode number 152, and my name is Jakob. And my name is Randy. Awesome. And um, might as well just say Merry Christmas, everyone, (laughs) because I think this is the last episode to drop before... Christmas 2023, so you have yourself a merry little Christmas, um, and then with that, might as well say that you know, well, month month of uh, December, we're continuing our journey through Christmas themed horror films, and as promised, today we're doing um, uh, I want to say little known film because I haven't necessarily heard of it before before you recommended it, but today we're talking mm-hmm. about Anna and the Apocalypse. But before we do that, traditionally, a Patreon plug. So, this month on the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash uncountedmspod, for those for those of you who don't know, uh, our Soderbergh conversation continued with a tie-in discussion on No Sudden Move, which is in connection to Let Them All Talk, which we, which, which we did recorded a few weeks back. So that's available over there. Also, in connection to the theme of the month, which is Christmas-themed horrors, we have the granddaddy of them all. Black Christmas is available already on, on there. And then, towards the end of the month, you will be able to hear the final conversation in the John Cassavetes Marathon. I suppose the final conversation in the marathon happened last month anyway, because Love Streams is kind of like the last big Cassavetes. Right? Mm-hmm. But we'll be recording another one. Um which is almost said Big Wednesday again. Big trouble. Big, big apple. <laughs> big apple. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Big trouble so, it is. Big trouble. And um, I might as well say that, you know, if, you, if you're, you know, while we're on the Patreon stuff, because Christmas is upon us, so, you know, we're, you know, we're feel, feeling generous. So what we, what we thought we would do is for the week between Christmas, Christmas and Christmas, Christmas and New Year's, <clears throat> so on Christmas Day, you will be able to find on our Patreon all the Soderbergh conversations, all twelve episodes, um, will be available to listen for free for exactly one week. So if you're into this and you and you haven't subscribed, you'll have your chance to have a poke and and listen to our Soderberghs. And then if you like what you're hearing, you may as well just feel feel invited to subscribe and support us. With just three dollars, three pounds, three euro, four fifty Canadian, uh, and join our little club. And if you don't feel like doing so, you can always leave us a donation at ko-fi.com slash pod. And if you don't feel like doing this thing either, so you can always leave us a review, leave us a star rating, and just tell your friends. You know, like if you don't want to do anything, just tell tell a one friend to check us out. So that's what we do: long form podcasting about films that no one cares about. So, and we have plenty of episodes to to listen to. Do with that what you want. <sighs> and brings us to today. So we are so let's just say let's just start a conversation about 
I suppose zombies and musicals. So let's talk about Anna and the Apocalypse. <clears throat> Anna and the Apocalypse now. Anna, run! How on earth are you still alive? <laughs> Showing off, I see. Quite the leading lady, aren't we? Well, the stage is all yours. Why don't you give us all a show? It's been said the world's a stage And everyone must play their part Well, if that's true, I'll act with all my heart I'll take my cue to go Stand neath the spotlight's glow And give them one hell of a show. Uh, also, the uh, the name of the director seems quite fitting, but you know, we're gonna get to this in a se in a second. So, Anna in the Apocalypse was directed and co well, direct well, was written by Ryan McHenry. We're gonna get to it in a second, but it was directed by John McPhail. Uh, stars Ella Hunt, Malcolm Cumming. I'm gonna come. Sorry, just I had to squeeze it in. Had to. <laughs> Sarah Swire, Christopher Levo, Levo, Ben Wiggins, a few other people, and um, it is a unique Christmas-themed musical zombie comedy film that follows the story of Anna Shepard, a high school student in a small town. Uh, just as the holiday se season begins, a zombie apocalypse erupts and Anna and her friends must navigate the undead-infested streets while singing and dancing their way to survival. Yeah, that's the movie. So, <clears throat> in terms of how this movie came together, I don't have too much on this. All I know is that this kind of originated as a short, written and directed by this guy called Ryan McHenry. So he was this young dude who did this in school. I think he was attending some kind of a college of arts somewhere up in Scotland, I think, in Edinburgh. Um, so he came up with this sort of zombie musical short film, um, which was kind of like a spoof on high school musical. Um, so he, I think he won a few awards with this short. Um, and then he decided, let's, let's just do an, a feature based on this. So he, they, he started writing a feature. But problem was... And it's a big problem. So as I think it was like 2009, this happened. And in 2013, as he was working on this, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he was a young dude. Like he's born in 1987. So, I, I, so he was in his well, 20s, right? Wow. In his mid-20s, late 20s, guy gets diagnosed with osteosarcoma and dies in 2015. Wow. <clears throat> Uh, so this movie is actually dedicated to his memory. So, um, yeah, so he leaves this project sort of half finished and this guy, uh, John McPhail, takes over the the, 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 the role uh, with, there's another screenwriter as well, um, Alan McDonald. They decide to kind of just finish this project because they were all actors. Everything was kind of just, you know, kind of coming together apparently. So they finish it, and then Rand McHenry ends up with a story and a screenwriting credit because they rewrote it heavily and they, they re rejigged it as well. Um, they shot it up in Scotland. Um, I think somewhere in, near Glasgow. 
you know, like I, I don't know. Yeah, so some some of the songs I think they've also they've they've also had the rewritten. So like there there also there are a few versions of this film kind of uh, available to to watch. Um, like a few minutes, I think one of one of these versions has an extra song, but I'm not so sure. I watched the one that was 97 minutes long, so I think that's the European cut. Anyway, so the film w- w- premiered in f- at Fantastic Fest, I think, in 2017. Uh, and then it had a very sort of limited theatrical run because it was picked up by um, Orion Pictures. So it didn't really make too much money. I think it, it earned like $50,000 in all told, maybe maybe shy of a hundred. Um, however, it was kind of, let's just say, well received by critics so it stands at like 77 percent rotten tomatoes based on over 100 reviews um so you know and some people say well find it finds fresh brains and a lot of heart in the crowded zombie genre so it stands out a little bit according to some um so however the reception is not like oh my god this is amazing and the, and the film kind of came and went and you know just disappeared into streaming platforms i suppose uh having won a few awards um, on sort of like let's just say the tier two, tier three festivals, uh, and it's kind of where it is, just slightly forgotten, which is where we come into the picture. <laughs> so now, without further ado, because I I honestly don't know what what else I can I can I can say about this film in terms of its production, because you know it's for all I care it's an indie venture modern indie venture which is not tied to american sort of filmmaking machine in any shape or form so it's difficult to kind of tease much out of how it got to get got put together and i think the only reason why so much information is available on this is because the guy who came up with it died of cancer tragically way before his time but anyway i keep kind of just Delaying the inevitable, mutilated who together. Anyway, Randy, you tell me. <laughs> how do you feel about Anna and the Apocalypse? What do you think about it? Well, I saw Anna and the Apocalypse, I'm going to say three years ago, something like three or four years ago. It's a pandemic and experience. It was a pandemic <laughs> viewing, actually. So, yeah, probably three years ago. And it was on Netflix at the time, I believe, and it just sort of jumped out at me. It looked fresh and fun. And I watched it and I said, yeah, it really is uh, fun and fresh. And it does have the uh, the high school musical flavor with somewhat of a cool twist. Let's throw in, you know, our our holiday cliches and a zombie apocalypse. And, I, you know, I, so I, I was charmed by it the first time that I saw it. But so this week I'm watching it. And <laughs> pardon me. It's, it's certainly swear. <laughs> no, no, it's certainly a, it's a it's a tale of of two halves. Uh, I continue to be absolutely charmed by the first half of this. I think the music is strong. Uh, it's toe tapping. I have I've owned the soundtrack for this since I saw the film. I, I think it's great. I have even as much as suggested to my kids that they they should suggest to their high school that they pursue Anna and the Apocalypse as a musical that they do at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> because I think this would be fun to see at school. At like a, a high school production of this, I think would be really fun. Um, but, but yeah, like 
the first half of this, I think the the music is great. Uh, I think that there are a couple really amazing moments in this where they really get the the music and the zombie tone, like the horror beats um, and the high school musical stuff. They absolutely nail it. I, probably the biggest problem with the film is those moments are in all of the the trailers and the ads because there's only a few of them. Uh, the second half of this film, I really think the script falls apart, doesn't know what to do with its characters, doesn't know what to do with its talent um, because I think there's a lot of talented performers in here. So it, it really does feel like the second half falls flat because maybe John McPhail doesn't have the experience to to pull this off as a feature. Like what, what are the elements that would make this stronger as a feature? Because my sense is that it worked probably as a short and it had a good run. And now here you can stretch it out and it, it sort of works as a 45 minute or an hour long thing. Um, but then it doesn't really know what to do with the second half. And the second half is mostly the zombie. So it doesn't know where to go with the story and how to really take on the apocalypse uh, side of the title. The Anna stuff is great. <laughs> Did you great. feel cheated? Where's the apocalypse? <laughs> no, like the apocalypse was the apocalypse was there. It's just it wasn't interesting and sort of sort of fell apart on me. But you know, the Anna stuff is great. Like I think this actress Ella Hunt is a real charmer. I think that she's got a great voice and I think you know, she's really fun. So same with, I think it's, uh, is it Malcolm Cumming, the guy who plays John, her best friend? Mm-hmm. I think that they're two really, really talented kids and they were fun to watch. But whenever the film goes whole hog on the apocalypse and the zombies, it doesn't really know what to do with the characters or where to generate the excitement or what story arc to follow. It's, it feels like it's just going through motions and it's just, it's just not really concise. And I just, it just feels like maybe this is a director that he's, he's got all the fun elements in front of him, but he doesn't know how to elongate this to a hundred minute film. So that's, that's my sense. But yeah, this first half continues to charm. Uh, I, I really like, I can watch the first, first half over and over. It's, it's just sort of, it works for me, but then it does sort of fall apart. You, mm. what what are your thoughts on this? Well, I had no idea this film existed until you recommended it. That we should do this oh, because it's a Christmas themed slasher or something. Like that. So we, we you know we were kind of missing a title and a title during a brainstorming session, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just oh, we should totally do this. Um, okay, so I sit down to watch this, and um, how do I put it delicately? Uh, there's so many problems with this film. I mean, sometimes it has these moments where you're just like, oh, I think it's okay. Oh, it's finally coming together. This And for just exactly two and a half minutes, it comes together and then just falls apart again. So overall, it's, um, it, you know, it's it's convenient that this film is kind of directed by a guy called, called John McPhail. <laughs> yeah. Now I see where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Jesus, like this, you know, I can see like, there, 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 there are more elements of this movie that kind of work. And I, and then I can see how they completely throw them out the window. So I, I, I it immediately 
makes me think that they had no idea that these moments were working. So I appreciate the gimmick of doing let's do a let's do a zombie film and then let's do let's do a Christmas zombie film. Oh no, let's do a Christmas Christmas zombie musical. And let's make it a comp like it's you know it's a bit just pick one. Okay. <laughs> so on I don't know, maybe I don't know if it's a lack of vision, scope, or talent on so on behalf of someone, but Jesus Christ, first of all, this film's kinda boring. Because and I, I feel the reason why it is boring is because these people just take forever to gain some kind of momentum and then they dissipate it immediately because they refocus their their attention elsewhere. And I don't think they kind of know what necessarily may in, just be interesting to a viewer. Or at least maybe interesting to me. And I, I don't know they've, whether they've set out to specifically entertain me. Um, if they haven't, well then, yeah, fi- fine. Still didn't like it, but if they have, it's a massive MacFail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I, I can I can call myself a fan of this film. I think I, I I'm gonna go out and say it. I don't think I like it. Um, I appreciate you know like the you know that you know what's her name Ella Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a charmer, yes. She's a. They're all kind of talented dancers and singers. I'm not sure they do all that much dancing and singing either. Sometimes it's just, it's just a, few, a few numbers where they're yeah, there's few songs and then they almost forget that they're in a musical <laughs> for I want to say like half the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm quite disappointed with what I saw. So hmm, that's, and I'm and, I, and I'm scratching my head as to why. So let's just maybe dig into. You tell me why I should why I should like this. So there, are, you know, like because it's a zombie zombie horror comedy musical with a Christmas theme. Let's go and dig into these mo- these motifs and see what what makes the, what makes this movie work in this regard or what makes it not work. Um, so I suppose Christmas is upon us. So I think it's important to kind of just investigate it because it's, it's a gimmick, right? Like mm-hmm. let's make let's make let's make this film a Christmas movie. So how does it does this movie actually function as a Christmas film? And then you know because I think we've had this conversation on the, on the occasion of like Gremlins or whatever last year, like because you know like the best definition of a Christmas film I've ever heard was like it's a movie that feels inappropriate to watch outside of Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's what makes a Christmas film a Christmas film. Otherwise, it's just a film set at Christmas. Uh, so, is this a Christmas film, or is this a film set at Christmas? And does it really matter? How do you feel about an ap- an ap- in the apocalypse as a Christmas film, right? Well, I think for the most part, it's it's a film that's that's set during Christmas. Uh, and I guess too, as you get into the film a little bit, there are these small applications of you know christmas iconography and symbolism and motifs and uh items so for example they're they're wandering through a shop at one point scared that there might be zombies about uh, and this shop is is all it's a christmas tree like warehouse that they're going Mm -hmm. through where you buy your christmas trees so there's that um Ella Hunt for the last third of the film, I'll say, uh, is carrying a weapon, which is a, a candy cane that uh, candy this giant cane. candy cane that was that was sticking in the ground. So it's a lawn ornament with it sort of it's got a 
really uh, heavy iron cast uh, spike at the end of it so that she's carrying this candy cane around. So these are the ways that I think that Christmas is incorporated into this. But I, when, when I look at this now, and I sort of agree with you <clears throat> on, on what you said. It's boring, yeah. I know. It's, <laughs> it's it's a film that the it is a gimmick, and it's and the the gimmick is very catchy. It's a musical zombie Christmas uh, high school musical mashup. It's it's very catchy. So the marketing of this film, you would would think that this this has an an instant attraction. Like if you're trying to sell this to a festival, if you're a young filmmaker and you made this and you're trying to get it into a festival, it's got a hook. Um, it's got it's got a good trailer or it's got a good couple musical numbers in it that you can uh, post on YouTube to, to help sell it. Like, it, you know, the, the hook is there, but in terms of stretching this out past the, the confines of the short that it was or past the confines of the imagination of the gimmick, which is, you know, this, this peculiar mashup of genres and, and film entities. Um, this is where the film does sort of fail because this this opening fire, half, yes. yeah. This opening half, which I, <laughs> this opening half, which I sort of like, um, it's really the high school musical stuff. There's very little zombies and there's very little, you know, horror in the the first half, and I think that is a, a detriment to you know selling this film, Anna and the Apocalypse, and the second half of the film, which is almost predominantly the you know horror and running away from zombies and night of the living dead stuff doesn't really have much going on regarding christmas or the the sense of the high school musical uh you know teen angst problems uh or or even like the good musical numbers none of that's in in the ending so it just it doesn't really know how to flesh out this this combo right right from the get-go you know, like mm-hmm. I really, really do honestly like some of these songs. Uh, however, you don't have the apocalypse. You don't you you don't have an element where you're teasing a forthcoming apocalypse or you're uh, foreshadowing, you know, zombies or horrors. Not really like it's it's just a really weak setup. It's like all of a sudden one morning there's zombies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then once you get through that sort of central song where there's zombies and chaos in the background uh what's that one turning turning your life around i think it's called yeah turning my life around so (coughs) that's actually an interesting scene it is absolutely but after that the film embraces the fact that it's the apocalypse and disconnects from what it had going for it in my opinion with with the songs and sort of the the high school the high school and musical uh, energy that's sort of gone from the second half. So this this is the problem with this is that uh, McPhail and whomever else is constructing this. Well, I'm just doing the high school musical stuff now, and then we're going to you know just do the zombie stuff. And his attempts at mixing and matching or bringing one element into the other and truly making it it mix. It, it just it's just not interesting. It it fails, and then throughout the whole thing, you don't have even Mac the fails, yeah. the most simple of the most simple of uh, story rising action 
climax, simple plotting narratives. It's not really there like Mm -hmm. for, for me to follow along just simple character motives and character arcs. It's just, it's just a whole lot of walking around following people. And it, it certainly doesn't fit as a, a hangout film because no one is really too terribly interesting. So Mm -hmm. yeah, this is, this is sort of where I, where I am with it is that the whole gimmick is merging this stuff together and it's the merging that isn't done. And when it's attempted, it's not done well. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, just to say like when you, when I ask you a question about like the, the sort of the Christmas theme and immediately you just realize there's not much to talk about in here. Because it's essentially, it's kind of like, it's almost like a bunch of kids came together one day and they were just, I don't know, smoking joints and having beer on you know, on the side sure, of the yeah, school, yeah. right? Yep. And I'm just like, we should totally do a, 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 a zombie movie. Oh yeah, let's make it a musical, you know? And it's like, do you know what? We should, we should totally set it at Christmas, you know? So it's, it's one of those like crowdsourcing sort of like a mishmash of ideas for me. And I totally agree that there's this sort of, the, like... There is a way of successfully doing a mashup. And I feel this movie, mm-hmm. like, it, it's something, it's a movie that people would come to imagine after they've watched Shaun of the Dead and High School Musical and they decided we should do a movie that's kind of like two of them in one, you know? Because it has these moments and um, that it kind of feel like they're, but by the way, Shaun of the Dead is, is already a musical anyway. Because like Edgar writes when he directs, when he directs these action sequences, like, I don't know if you noticed, it's not only in in like Baby Driver, but in all of his films, in the entire Cornetto trilogy, for instance, where he sets action to music. It's just that there are are no song numbers, as in formal song numbers where, you know, Simon Pegg is going to break into a a song and a a Bob Fosse sort of jazz hands moment, right? But he will... He will set these action scenes to work to the beat of mm-hmm. the song that he chooses, and it's going to be like rock and roll some, of some description. So it's going to be very nice, and nice, nice and pulsating and very rhythmic, right? And um, in, you know, and and here I kind of appreciate certain things about that because, like, the, as in, like, well, oh, okay, it's set at Christmas, but then they just don't go anywhere with it. So it's just part of the setting, and you agree, right. okay, well, I suppose it's going to be part of the iconography, as in, like, the massive candy cane or um, the little but Christmas that, tree shop. But that's 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 it. That's it. And then there's the the Christmas uh, variety show. Yeah, and, that's it. And the, and the advent calendar. <laughs> like, oh, what yeah, else is gonna there? Back, <laughs> it, it, it's going to come back, by the yeah. way. It's going to come back, by the way. But, you know, because, you know things are I'm, I'm not gonna spill the beans just yet because this is <laughs> i just like, paid attention to but when you think about it it's a it's a musical and it's, um, you can make this correctly as in like in in a way that's interesting because i find it interesting that um that these that, that this zombie apocalypse is kind of happening in the background mm-hmm it's kind of like, you know, like Shaun of the Dead, of the dead, dead starts, right? And Simon, Simon Pegg puts on his thing, puts on, puts on this whatever, uh, has a has a row with, his, with, with Nick Frost, and then he leaves the house and he just goes to work while there are zombies behind him and he doesn't even notice. Like this, it's like the scene where you mentioned before, yeah. like, uh, turning your life around. Turning my so life they're around, yeah. sun, singing and dancing again, cabaret style, the woman on TikTok while Myanmar's on fire, you know? Um, as they go to school, while 
the world's going to shit behind them, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's interesting. Or there, there is a moment when they go, when they're in the car, say, um, uh, Ella Hunt's dad is driving them to school. She, fa- mm-hmm. she, she fesses up that, you know, she's gonna, and she's not gonna go to university. She's gonna take a year off to travel to Australia. How original. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis in Road Games. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, no, no, but then like there's there are these like moments on the radio where someone says like, oh, there's an outbreak of something, and they switch off the radio, right? Or there's a moment where like in this they'll they'll be in the school and then there'll be a shadow behind a window somewhere, so there'll be these mm-hmm. zombies just roaming. So you can feel like okay, this is an interesting motif for me, but they don't go anywhere with it. They almost forget about them for too long at a time because they'll either, either focus on a song and then they'll forget about the songs and they'll just decide that we're, let's spend 30 minutes in the breakfast club mm-hmm. and I don't think yeah so how do you feel about this of the, let's just dig into this of the mashup uh, and then just, how do you do this sort of the zombie aspect and the musical and how do you actually um, make this work and is there a, is there a purpose to doing a gimmick or do you just mash things up and, and, and make it interesting by virtue of um, oh no, this hasn't been done before so it's going to be interesting anyway because no one's done it or do you actually have to have an idea and if, if there's an idea here what is it? Well, if it isn't what, it, what should it be? <laughs> a gimmick uh, I guess anything that is gimmicky you should be suspicious of because, especially when you're looking at a f- feature film because a gimmick is like a clickbait thing, right? Oh, that's sort of, that could be sort of cool. And it, it, it probably is serviceable and entertaining for two, three, five minutes, whatever. But to take a gimmick and to stretch it out to a feature film, you know, you, you got to have some substance. So th- this is where I, I, f- I feel the film really, uh, it's, another, it's another problem. So in the effort in stretching this out and elongating this to 110 minutes or whatever it is, um, what typically drives that, it's either character arcs that you care about following, so their destination sort of serves as the plot, or the plot itself, which is, you know, everyone's going somewhere, there's a destination or there's a villain to overcome. You don't really get any understanding of that from the 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 script in this you know you get a a, it's as it's as if these guys who made this said well they started having the conversations where they well how do we stretch this out and they really didn't have a core idea so what they went with is that well the the headmaster who runs the school should be a villain type Mm -hmm. but he doesn't really play out as a villain he's just sort of a knob Right. So he's just sort of the adversarial contrarian. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the final 20 minutes, now he's a full on villain. And and he, in fact, represents the climax. This is the the final hump we have to get over. Mm -hmm. It it makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Makes no sense. You've got relation. You've got a relationship. You mentioned the scene in the car and uh, Ella's Ella Hunt's dad. Um, so Anna's dad, who I think is Mark Benton, I almost forgot what her what her name is in the film, and it's in the title. <laughs> almost, <laughs> I nearly lost it. Uh, but anyway, like I, I, 
prefer acknowledging Ella Hunt because I thought she was great as opposed to the character because the characters are all weak here. But but Anna and her dad have a scene in the car, as you said, where she wants to do something else and he's upset and apparently he's a widower and the mom's mm-hmm. not in the picture. We just get a very faint sense of of that being part of the the scenario and the relationship. Like So I, I feel like lip service is paid to a background here, but it's not fleshed out. You've got this one scene and then the climax ends up being, again, jump to Randy spoiling the end, but that's fine. You've got the headmaster who turns into a villain, like a superhero villain of some who sort. Who feeds, feeds zombies in his school. Like, who how feeds, ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's so silly. It makes, it makes no sense. And, you know, he's a contrarian and a bit of a jackass. Like, how does he turn into this villain? I don't get it. And what is he doing as his major act of villainy? He's tying up. Anna's dad like it makes no sense like it's just it's just so weakly constructed and but at the same time I don't really care about this journey to save the dad because I don't feel it's been uh strongly developed this connection between uh Anna and her dad like it it, so it it feels on a script level like these guys are saying okay well this is what you need at the end she has to save someone so she has to save her dad and what would be stopping her? Well, zombies and and that maybe like he should be tied up. Well, who would tie him up? Zombies wouldn't tie him up. Well, you know, the headmaster, because, you know, he sees a he sees a bright future in the, the apocalypse. Like, I don't I don't get any of this. None of this computes. It, just, it doesn't really fit in, in any way. And there's no character growth or arc or there's nothing really interesting about mm-hmm. What the characters why? are going through? Because these people had no idea what 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 to do with their story. All they had was mm-hmm. a premise and a gimmick. It's yeah. just like we're doing a zombie musical. Uh, uh we're, we're mashing mashing up Shaun of the Dead and High School Musical. But what is this film gonna be about? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know that's kind of where you end up. It's just like what's the ending about? I don't know. Let's just put yeah. the principle in there. That's <laughs> just kind of where we are. Because, like, when you look at, but for me, like, this film should be about something. Like, if you think mm-hmm. about, I, I, I guess, these kids, these 17-year-old kids who are just making this zombie high school musical short, right? What they probably thought was, let's do a high school musical meets Shaun of the Dead, thinking that Shaun of the Dead is essentially like a funny zombie film. When you actually think about it, Shaun of the Dead has stuff to say, you know? It has something to um, hang its gimmick on. And hang mm-hmm. the genre on, and that mm-hmm. on also in that it actually just bends the genre itself too, because Edgar Wright has the sort of the Tarantino thing going on for him too, right? That he, you know, he he is kind of like a genre bender, <clears throat> in a way, as in like these these scenes are set set to music, like music like musicals. They're like music videos, and then also they're cut like a. With, with with all these sort of pop cultural references and movie references everywhere, like Tarantino films, right? And also, I think they're best friends too. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, like, the film is about something, as in, like, Sean, the titular mm-hmm. Sean of the Dead, right? He's this guy who just, all, all he wants is this sort of s- simple life of, leave me alone, let me go to the pub. I just want the sort of the, the safe embrace of something I know. Meanwhile, everyone tells him like his girlfriend doesn't want to speak to him, 
because he all he wants to do is just go to the pub. He doesn't want to go and do do anything adventurous in his life. All he wants is the simplicity, the normalcy of of just doing mundane things day in day out. Mm-hmm. And then just to spite him, the world goes to shit. So he has to go on an adventure. And then even and this whole adventure is like propelled by his desire to go to go to the pub and seek refuge, seek sanctuary in the pub. Right, that's kind of the sort of idea of like this, um, um, a Peter Pan refusing to grow up, having to grow up, right? Um, yeah. And you know where they, in my opinion, where they missed the boat because this film could have been that, is the whole apocalypse could very much represent that scary thing that is in the very near future and then is suddenly happening to these high school kids, graduation, you know, mm-hmm. it's real a very life, adulthood, real life, scary stuff is nigh. It is we're on the precipice of something frightening and I don't know how to deal with it. And it's it's all there in these very <laughs> simple hang ups that, you know, teenagers have. And it's sort of cliches if you, you know, watch teen comedies or um, high school musical and stuff. It's and it's here, too, in, in these these loosey goosey setups we get that. These kids are growing up and they've got their sort of cliched existences now. But, you know, life's going to change and stuff's going to get really serious really soon. And I uh, halfway through this film, there's sort of a half decent song. I forget what one it is, but they're in a bowling alley and they're looking out and you see like these four teenagers and they're they're looking out and they're seeing explosions in the city and things are going to hell. And it's just a lot of unknown. I don't know what to make of the world. And oh my God, this is the world that we have to go out into. Like it's all right there, right for, right for the the picking. But mm-hmm. uh, the filmmakers have no interest in it. I don't think he, I don't think they even sort of noticed that it was there because mm-hmm. well, we got to make it a chase. So if we put half the people in a bowling alley and the other half of the people in the the school, then it's just a journey of one group getting to the other. I think that that's probably a simple a thought process that that went into it. And then if you've got one party moving, then, then you can have uh, their encounters along the way, a couple of different encounters, and they can meet up with someone else. I think that's what it is. But I, I think that it was right in front of the filmmakers. Their idea could have been kids... Gr- growing up and, and going out into the real world and facing their fears. And I, I think it was right there. They missed it. As, add to this. How do these, think about this, as, like to take your ideas and these kids, um, apocalypse is kind of happening right under their noses. This is the world that they'll have, they'll, they will have to inhabit. This is their adulthood, right? So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful theme to kind of, to work with, right? Uh, if you think about, okay, well, there's there you can also even map a political interpretation on top of it because it's like we have to enter this britain that's ruined by the conservatives by these old people in charge right who didn't know how to do this correctly didn't didn't make the right decisions and all of us and this is where we are flesh-eating bacteria or something i don't know but then how do you mash um, a musical into it here's an idea so these kids have to enter the adult their adult life, which is already a shit show because there's the apocalypse out, like outside their window. How do you defeat the apocalypse? Singing and dancing, just youthful energy. I don't know, right? But it would have only worked 
if they had committed to singing and dancing more than they did. Agreed. The, like the second half, and this is the other thing. I think in two, probably Anna, as she's the titular Anna, she probably has to have more of a, a character arc. So they really got to sort of stick to this thing that she wants to grow, grow up and go her own way and take that year off. And and I think they really have to hitch their 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 car to that, their wagon to that, to be honest. Um and then She's also not going to Australia, by the way, because like there's probably no no planes flying to Australia. Probably not, but while. this but this this vision of hers, I think that we have to follow her, and I think she has to have that that vision to to the end. Um, oh shoot, where was I going to go with that? Um, oh yes, Sorry. and then no, no, that's okay. But but the other thing, like like you just said, you have to you have to enliven that last act. There's a couple songs in there, but they're shit. They're really, really weak songs. They're with one of them's with an entirely new character. And then mm-hmm. another one or two of them are with this bonkers, bizarro nonsense that Paul Kay is doing. And I like Paul Kay. He's in one of my favorite Canadian movies, actually. It's all gone Pete Tong. He's he's the he's mm-hmm. Frankie Wilde. Love him in that. But here he's just, he's horrible. It's it's just such a, a terrible principal type of character and he's like a contrarian but this business of turning him into a a backwards villain it's just so distracting and pointless um so i think you got to get rid of that anna has to try to find her way out and we follow her we hitch our wagon to her and you have to have a couple joyful soul-searching songs in the second half yeah i guess <sighs> like the the turning your life around sequence. It's just this like take the energy of this scene as in like these kids are singing and dancing while the world's going to shit, mm-hmm. right? Turn this into a movie, right? This world's going to shit, and they have to solve this issue by singing and dancing, as in like by not succumbing to the negative ne- energy around them and then carrying their youthful energy into the future and possibly making a positive change for the world. It actually makes sense to me thematically, right? So I don't know what, but they what what they don't have is enough songs to carry the movie as a musical and enough good songs to actually well because that's that's the issue of the musical right because musical has two lives like I yeah, absolutely yeah right um, because it live it can live or die on its story and if it dies on the on its story and characters and everything else that's just the narrative it you always have the songs you always have the soundtrack you can go back to. And I don't think I don't think this movie succeeds in its soundtrack either. I think a few songs are kind of interesting, but there are songs in the middle in, in the beginning, there's a song in the middle, another song, and there's just too many spaces in between these songs for me. Um, to function as a musical. My thought, the first half, there are like four good films, uh four, sorry, four good songs in the first half. And mm-hmm. then there's none in the second half. So that's a But problem. in the soundtrack is like thirteen songs. Right? Yes. Yeah. Where are they? Because <laughs> if, 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 if a typical song is, let's just say a pop song is a three minute, right? Number. Mm-hmm. So if there's like 13 songs in there, exactly 13 songs. Yep. Okay, 12 songs because there's one that's uh, What a Time to Be Alive um, in two versions. So there's 12 songs times, uh, let's just say on average three minutes in there probably. So that's... 36, that's a third of the movie. It should be just songs alone. Where are they? And also, why aren't they they longer? So 
let's make half of the film in song and dance. What I want to see is these action sequences where they have to kill these zombies with like bowling balls, bowling pins, these candy canes, where they have these sequences in a, like a, on the street, on in the gym, in a warehouse, in a, I don't know, abandoned mall, like Dawn of the Dead, right? Um, but make them all these, because like if you don't do anything with it, you're just doing a zombie film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make all these action sequences set to music. I agree. Or at least some of them. Uh, and see, I all think that... <laughs> but all I of think them. That, yeah. But I think like, that they're... Like, they're, you know, like, what's his face? Les Miserables. Just make the whole thing a musical. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're... they're lo- but this is where I think they, they don't really know how to expand the gimmick. We can do the songs, and then we can do the zombie stuff. <laughs> but not... They, but never to shoot how- the two shall meet. <laughs> Ex- exactly. That's, that's one of the film's big big problems like i totally agree but when they try to blend them maybe there's a really awkward moment where there's i think it's a there's a reading of twas the night before christmas and then there's a uh uh, a zombie attack scene and that plays out in slow motion and it's just really 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 okay <laughs> it's towards the end somewhere and i watched it yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really quite musical i see that this is this is to fit the musical beat and everything's in slow motion and it's just it's uh, ella hunt swinging her giant cane uh candy cane and a few zombies coming at her it's it's really really a bad sequence mm-hmm. and you know, again, it's it, to me, it's further evidence that these guys didn't really know what they were doing. And it was their effort to put a bit of music or that type of a musical beat maybe into one of the zombie sequences. Mm-hmm. But they, ju- they just really didn't have a clue. So for for me, as a, yeah, so that, for me, this is a, a major hang up for me because like you make a movie that's a musical, like you want to kind of just set... Uh, Let's set yourself apart and set Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead to music. Great, do that. But just, but you know, but commit. Mm-hmm. It, but it feels like it. It is written and directed by kids, almost because, uh, like I don't know, like kids would maybe this is me just painting a, a, a useless stereotype but I feel like a lot of very young people will have these sort of um, reservations they wouldn't want to commit and be authentic because one of the sort of big problems of youth is the um, the idea that you you'd like to stand out but you but but standing out is uncomfortable so you're 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 it's easier to blend into a group and never stick out. So it's kind of just like, oh, if, if we put ourselves out there, then what if they? What if it doesn't work? People will laugh, and what is it? Well, the alternative it's going to be boring, and it's not, no one's going to remember. So there's that. Um, but you know, for me, it's kind of like, okay, we'll set this to music, and then commit. Make make these songs, uh, part of part of the ex- the zombie experience, right? Yeah. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is that well. You're just you're you're just reenacting inspirations taken from elsewhere, which isn't a bad thing either. 
But how does it actually go about being a zombie film? But it's reenacting as opposed to telling your own story. Like even if, if you're, yeah, um, this is where we sort of need Campbell's input because <laughs> he, he was he was thinking about watching this with me and uh, anyway, it just didn't happen. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I just, I really feel that they, they've, the, the filmmakers felt that they could, they could do the music and all that's crammed into the first half and then they could do the zombies and all that's crammed into the second half and there, there's no through line either character or story or uh continuity of the gimmick because you just go from one to the other like it's not it's not a salad it's just all of your you know all of the toppings over here and then the lettuce is over here like they're separated so yeah that, that, yeah it's it's too bad because i do mm-hmm. i do really like a few of these songs but they're all in the first 25 minutes so i can appreciate your saying that Where's where's the music? Well, it's in the first thirty minutes. That's all. Exactly. That's where it is. <laughs> and then it disappears. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for for me to say, okay, well, look, I like I don't mind, say, an indie horror film made by kids, um, if they also commit to something, just commit to anything. Give even if you just commit to like I don't know a campy axe murdering zombie film, great. I like I will know that the effects are not gonna look the part. It's all gonna be rubbery, and you know, like you you'll know that the blood is just corn syrup with food flavoring or something, and coloring, I suppose. It's fine. I can get on board with this. I can even get on board with a lack of originality as long as it's authentic. That's all I care about in a genre film. If it's authentic, you can you you can you can get my buy-in, mm-hmm. and I'll have and I will have fun. It, I, w- I probably won't watch it again, but this will be like 97 minutes well spent. I will say like, look, they made an effort. Good on them, you know, because it's fun. I could even say like, well, like like Shaun of the Dead is kind of one of those. It's just a little bit more inventive and classed up and elevated because, but it's all a sum of its parts, right? There's just a guy loves zombie films. So he just mashed up all these sort of references that he loved, bent them and warped them and whatever. But, you know, like in, if it was just a bunch of kids, it would still be fun. If it's, if there's some commitment somewhere in there, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so like, and, and, yeah. and I, yeah, no, and I and I'm, I'm I'm big on the idea of a a gimmick going well. Like if you can really sell the gimmick, but where this sort of falls apart with me is that that's the piece that they can't they can't stick to because they have to separate all of the pieces and put. The high school musicals part here and the Shaun of the Dead stuff over here. So it, it it falls apart on this sort of expansion of the idea. It's like, how do we how do we make this work? Well, they're just going to they're just going to do it in two parts. And that's where the film really bothers me. The real blending of the gimmick lies in their marketing materials because it ends up being in uh, turning my life around that song, mm-hmm. which which is probably it's almost at the halfway point of the film. And it's it's. Yep. I think it's the centerpiece of their marketing. It's the, it's it's a representation. It's emblematic of the the gimmick, um, but it only exists really in this piece. Or in to, a few moments me. in the beginning, as in like turn the radio off, or they have this sort of high school drama of like, oh, you're you're going out with this boy, and then I, I'm in love with this boy, and whatever. That's great. While outside the window there is a zombie walking around or there are just like blood trails everywhere 
which means, okay, this is interesting to me, mm-hmm. but do something with it. And then the fact yeah. that they don't means to me that they didn't care about it either. Because, I don't know, a young indie filmmaker bent on making a horror film, you could feel that they were just like, there's blood and guts everywhere because all this person was caring about was this. So it's campy and gross and cheap and it's everywhere. Right. And if it's based on a gimmick, yeah, that type of spirit, if it's based on a gimmick, you can smell the gimmick throughout. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. you know, that, that's the thing. And and that probably, that probably works, even if it goes cheesy or if it has its demerits or whatever. Um, but he, yeah, here there was a lack of foresight into how, how to expand this to 105 minutes. Because they have like four chances. A, it's a zombie film. Execute on the zombie film authentically. Show me that you like this, this stuff, right? Two, it's musicals. Show me... Sh- Show me this works as a musical. Write these songs and 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 make them work. It's a com- teen comedy. Show me you care about this. Uh, is is it is it Christmas film? Show me that you care, uh, care about this. Show me that you care about any any one thing. It would still work. It will be at least three and a half out of five. I'll tell you that much, right? But they don't. And like I had this of moment because it takes an hour out of ninety seven minutes nearly. Right, it takes an hour before zombies turn up. Right, as in like, okay, now we're in The Walking Dead or the the Dawn of the yeah. Dead and whatever. Yeah, it takes much. an hour. Yeah, and what shouldn't happen with this movie, honestly, if there's a side of this movie that doesn't work, and I know you're saying none of it works, but if there's a side, <laughs> if there's a side of this film that works and a side that doesn't work, the side that doesn't work should be the teen drama and the 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 musical stuff and the mm-hmm. side the side that should work is definitely the zombie stuff and it's it's the opposite for me <laughs> and then question is like why doesn't the zombie stuff work well the, good ask it there's there's very little that's interesting about the zombie scenes there is a little well there's no thrust for the characters uh to encounter the zombies the zombies are almost okay i'll ramble myself there i promise uh the zombies are part of the landscape they're not part of the story because there's no real story you know there's no story with the characters that they have to you know go out and do something because we don't care about their journey we just see them encounter zombies. If we care about their journey and they have to encounter zombies along the way, the zombie scenes are are meaningful. I would mm-hmm. say that there's not necessarily anything too terribly clever or inventive along the way, but sometimes that can be secondary because if I care about these characters or their journey, or if the plot is chugging along in a familiar, happy way where I, Oh, I can see where this is going. I'm along for the ride. Then if I encounter zombies along the way, fine. Uh, they're not they're not the big deal. The big deal is that I'm following this group through this world of zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with uh, the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead, which I saw, or, or you know, Night of the Living Dead, I sort of care about the core uh, people. Here, I don't. I sort of care about uh, Ella Hunt and her her friend, uh, best friend John Malcolm Cumming, but he dies way too soon, in my view. Spoilers. Oh. When does he die, though? Like an hour in. Totally unfair to 
a reasonable character and he's but, but he's the first person who dies by the way apart from like these bystanders yes. during the sort of the song number in the middle which yep. is honestly a good scene yeah out of is. the core group the first I, person that gets picked picked off is the is the boyfriend he dies first right yeah, yeah best dies. friend yeah and and then not the boyfriend the best friend because there's the, the boyfriend the, the boyfriend comes back who we we don't know like, him at all and then he becomes he's the guy who in the beginning does the to the he, yeah right? he's just he's just like, a bully like he's just a cliche like he's he's nothing to me except mm-hmm. that he's there in the opening but then in the last 10 minutes i'm supposed to care about his supposed story arc where he killed his dad and you know the the night that he had with uh anna that they they slept together meant so much to him or I don't know what's going on because all this shit is thrown at me in the last minute. Where's my like, freaking who gives a I, shit? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like, I don't know this character. I don't know this character from, you know, Joe Blow on the bus that I encounter. Uh, he's he's nothing to me. And then he's like an important character at the end. This really rubs me the wrong way. And it who tells me. Shit? There it is. <laughs> this really bothers me at the end and it tells me that they have no idea what they're doing with characters mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so frustrating because he's not he's not part of the the segment of the film that that semi lands with me in the school and the songs he's not any type of part in that he doesn't have he doesn't have a song until two-thirds of the way through he's not part of he's not part of the the cast singing the song there's two or three songs like hollywood ending and uh the opening one breakaway i think it's called uh yes breakaway those are basically the whole core cast singing he's not part of that he's not in that group he's not he's scarcely in the school that we see him in the opening but he's this big significant part of the ending he's one of the he's one of the last girls so to speak like mm-hmm. in terms of his, him surviving his whole existence bugs the hell out of me. And then on top of that, <laughs> he has a song and his song sucks. Jesus. <laughs> so, but see, oh, look, look, what you're saying as in like, when you say, look, I need to, well, in a zombie film, you need to care about the characters, right? That will be eventually picked off. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I suppose I, I makes sense, right? There. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose by virtue of this being a mashup gimmick, like you can't really commit to all of these things at once, so you kind of have to make these trade-offs. I would be fine if they didn't commit to the characters any in, in any sort of appreciable way, as as long as the music worked, right? Because this is where, um, like this is where I suppose the uh, you you could advance the plot and the character progression through songs along, so you'd just be in the sort of like okay in the sort of upbeat elevated world of, of like somehow it's a it's a zombie film but you know all, all this sort of all the clobbering that happens happens to to beat of of, of like a broadway music <laughs> so to me this is this is interesting right um what you what i would say is at the, at, it would come at the expense of like well okay well, we wouldn't know much about these characters and we wouldn't necessarily have to care so they don't quite know that, so they try at the at the last minute they try to okay, well let me just bring this all in at once, right? Doesn't make any sense. But then for me this like I'm thinking about this. Like a zombie film is so difficult to fuck up. 
Because <laughs> you, if even if you don't give me any character development, right? If you just present me with like a group of, let's just say six individuals mm-hmm. at the beginning, or they will just find each other somehow, right? And uh, what they need to do is just simply find a way to safety. That's all this is. They don't have to go anywhere, just like specific. Mm-hmm. Just pick a MacGuffin place. I don't know. Oasis, somewhere. The mall. Police. The pub. Go to the pub. Like Shaun of the Dead, you know? Go somewhere, right? And this is their mission. They have to go from A to B. And the problem is that there's zombies everywhere, right? You can't be really original, but the originality comes with like these binary choices. Are these going to be slow zombies or fast zombies? Are these... Uh, acid rain zombies, radiation zombies, or virus zombies. Do they do they infect when they bite? Uh, how many of them are? There? These are the sort of the questions you have to ask. And so once you actually just make your, you know, like you go through the menu of choices of what a zombie phone is going <laughs> to look like. Yeah, it like it's just a, one of four ways this could this this could be assembled. Are they going to be moving in hordes like World War Z, or are they going to be just a little bit more, you know, like what, the Walking Dead? They just slowly descend and overwhelm. I don't know. But what the the point is that even if you have like six people, we have no idea about, just by virtue of this of the intensity of the experience and that's i think the word i want to use in here because horror films with zombie with zombies they're not necessarily scary they're intense i think that's kind of how i like to call them yeah that's right? fair enough. it's not about yeah. it's not about jump scares um it's about violence and the fact that this the tightening noose of what's happening around them right sure. about the, they're, our they're, characters they're like chase films or predator exactly. prey films, sure. Yeah. But by virtue of the sort of the news tightening around the the group of characters, they they get together closely, so you get to know them because the the, the sort of the space you occupy with them gets smaller and smaller. It shrinks, right? Mm-hmm. So the experience of being with them in the trenches f- facilitates the formation of a bond. So you mm-hmm. like you. Like, you, you know, like this is, no, let's just say like the, the warfare analogy, like a military analogy. You, you may not have any idea about who your buddy in the trenches is, like where he's from, what his hangups are, like does he have like nightmares or whatever. No, no, like what, you have a bond with him because you're shooting in the same direction and you're in this intense situation together. That's all this is. And somehow you feel close to to this to this person. That's kind of how, he, how I feel. And would and mm-hmm. and establish like a tether to a bunch of characters who mean nothing to me in a zombie film because for some reason we're together in this and yeah. this in in this progressively more intense experience, right? But they don't because and I just feel like okay, this is your chance. We're one hour in, do at least execute on this, and they don't because no. they they dick about for a few seconds and then they. Yeah, they, they, they choose to do something else, so they don't really execute on this. And it's so easy to do that. Just put people in makeup and put fake blood on the screen. Commit to the violence. Show me some guts, you know, like go to go to the butcher shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just pick something, pick something up in there. Just and then just when the principal dies, just go full on Lucio Fulci, just take him apart. <sighs> yeah. They don't do anything. They don't commit. Yeah, no. And and I think too, like like you say is if you have this group then 
all they need to do is get to somewhere play, uh, somewhere safe. And that's not even really well communicated here because you've got two groups and one. I don't, I don't know where they go. <laughs> I don't know where they go or why they're going there. I think I deduce that one group is trying to get to the school because okay. Anna's dad yeah. is there. But it's so poorly constructed, you know, in in my head uh, from from these from these storytellers like it just it doesn't really work at all so I, and you're right it should be easy and uh if i have a character that i can hitch my wagon to and follow anna because i know that she's going to get out she's going to change the world and she's it's her journey great if i've got a group of strangers and i'm in i'm intensely as an audience member in with them and I just have to get to safety. But nothing is really communicated about what safety is or where they're going. And and damn it, they 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 end on that note. They say, well, where do we go now? As if they've been saying this has been part of a journey all along. So it, it's like they they know the right they they know know the right thing to say, but they don't show me anything. They don't they don't communicate. They don't communicate this business of what the mission is. I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm missing. What is the mission? And it should be easy. It should be an easy mission to get to the next community or to get away or to follow Anna as long as Anna survives. Is it is it survival or getting to the next spot? It, it's what I should have an understanding, but no, it's it's clouded for me because the supposed mission is to topple the principal who has tied up Anna's dad. Also, and, and this is something that's communicated to you in the last 15 minutes, by the way. Oh, by the way, the principal was the villain, just so you know. Right. And and the boyfriend who was the bully doing this, the, mm-hmm. this guy <laughs> is the hero. What an image. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but it, it, it's... Yeah, oh, the, God. the story. T- oh my God! The storytelling is is so lost here. It's so lost. No, it's it's yeah. For me, this is a this is a problem with that shows you that some kids have an idea that they want to make a movie or that they want to do something, but they don't necessarily know why or how. You know, we should totally mm. make a movie, but what about like people who actually want to make a movie will have this planned out. Yeah. It it feels like this is something that is just it will be it's one of those ideas that's like guys it should be totally cool for, if we actually made a movie it would be a great move for us. As in like this is a you know like it doesn't come like I, I feel this movie doesn't have a heart is what I'm trying to say. Because if it did it would it would have committed to something some yep. one of one yeah. of these one of these strings would have been you know a bit more tattered and used by these filmmakers, but they just, I don't know. It's kind of like a high school musical. It's like, well, let's just, you know, let's just make the breakfast club and have people sing. That's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's almost, you know, like once, once I've kind of just clued into just what's, what, what's this movie's problems are. is isn't like, well, there isn't really much in it either because normally if, if this actually tried to aspire to, let's just be, a high school version of Shaun of the Dead with actual song and dance numbers, there will still be something underpinning it. There will be a conversation about something. It doesn't have to be engineered to be in there, but it, but with the passion 
coming out of the screenwriters and the directors and whoever else is involved. There's always something protruding through the story. But they did. But I think the assumption is it has to be a story that someone cares about. Someone has to care about something for me to care about looking for stuff mm-hmm. underneath the surface. But there's, you know, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm fishing, I'm fishing for, you know, it is actually for me. Like, I feel like I'm fishing in a puddle. Like, I feel like an idiot, you know? <laughs> it's not a pond, yeah. Jacob. Yeah. I think that this is a film of so many missed opportunities. The tone in the song turning my life around with just all the chaos happening around them. If that was splattered throughout the film, that would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. Anna with Ella Hunt. If, if that was a solid character that we sort of hitched our cart to Mm -hmm. her and followed her all the way through, she's a charmer. She could probably have dragged us through to whatever her destination is. And that's all lost on us because what what is her destination, right? Like to save her dad, this is like they are that up, and they they waste a talented young actress with that. Um, and then committing to the zombies, I don't think we get enough of the zombies earlier, uh, mm-hmm. or just to sort of sense this uh, this sense of this world. Um, and I think they also miss an opportunity for there, there's a sim- symbolic heft, like I said earlier, it's right there in front of them, you know. The apocalypse is is these youth going out into the real world after graduation. You know, what are we going to do? This is terrifying. So there, there's a whole thematic element there that they just com- completely missed. And they had the four of them in a scene, whatever, whatever the scene is, uh, the song is looking out the window at the world crumbling. They had these four youths staring into an uncertain future and they didn't even know that they had something with that. Exactly. So there's any one of a number of ways this could have could have gone and and uh, been more interesting, but it's just well, let's do this, let's do this. Okay, we we got to have a, a zombie scene. Oh, it's been a while since we've had a it's been a while since we've had a a song, and we should have some music in the end. But well, we don't really have a song for this part, so let's read "Twas the Night Twas the Night Before Christmas," and we don't really know how we're going to do this this action scene because we only have five extras dressed up as zombies so how can we slow this down to get through all of to us the night before christmas let's just do it all in slow-mo it, it's just it's just a lot of off-the-cuff ideas and and it's, it, it's not hitched to something that sort of we can ride through mm-hmm. absolutely i feel that's kind of where we are and with that i don't think i have too much more to say about it I, i'm sad to uh to report <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I necessarily have much either. I think that it was a a good chat in terms of really uh, tearing into the flesh of this and finding its skeleton. Nice and s- <laughs> Thank you. And and seeing what we've got. And I, I think that there's not really a, a backbone, a structure, a skeleton to this thing. It's just a, a bit of a mess. And the mess is made up of the, the three or four... Uh, elements this this gimmick this mashup mm-hmm. is what it is we've just got sort of a lot of flesh boneless yeah. chicken <laughs> welcome to the pain zone that's where we are okay. i don't know i feel I feel, I feel that's kind of where 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 this movie kind of exists in the sort of twilight zone in between um as you say opportunities acted upon 
as the movie kind of coasts for so long on some of these on so many of these decisions that it doesn't really like it kind of misses the boat on so many in so many ways where you just and you actively as you watch it it's not like it takes you a while to realize oh I suppose this could have been better. No, it, like as you watch this, you realize, oh, I like this. I like, I like what they're doing here. Oh, is this it? Oh, we're doing this now. Like, like if you almost like find yourself thinking, like, I wish they've, 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 they've let me stay in this weird, weird sort of universe where these people sing and dance while the world crumbles around them. Probably interesting. Or I wish they you know, had gone to the butchers and really committed to the special effects. I want to see some shitty special effects. Sometimes it's fun to watch that kind of stuff. Why do you think critics did sort of, you know, it's not like, not like they were overboard with it, but why do you think they responded favorably to it? Do you think they just let it wash them over so that their, uh, <laughs> their prevailing sentiment was, well, the gimmick is sort of cool. Do you think that's sort of... That's, you know what? I have a feeling that this day. is exactly what it is. Because, you know, like, we've spent so much time just moaning about critics being absolute, you know, Philistines that they don't know, you know, value when they when, when they see that and when they see it in front of their eyes. And they're so easily sort of, oh, look at us. These are, this is something I understand because I understand zombie movies and musicals. Oh, someone put the two in, to, the two of them together. How wonderful. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Four out of five. That's kind of how, how, I, feel, how I feel where this movie is. I'm just trying to kind of just quickly just, dig out the Rotten Tomatoes to kind of just see Look, oh, audience just, score of 63 so critics 78 get a couple quotes um, some. hold on hold on from critics John McPhail tackles the genre hybrid trend with Anna and the Apocalypse a zombie horror with film with it which is also a musical comedy with a Christmas vibe see that's <laughs> That's, movie sometimes f- that's that's a description of the gimmick or that's the, that's that's what it says in the box it's not really okay uh, brian eggert from deep focus review he gave it a negative review it's, it's insufficient helpings of christmas spirit and zombie terror make the material better in concept and execution um mm. i find myself singing unending apocalypse's praises above all others so it doesn't really say, say much unending apocalypse is an absolute joy from start to finish from Wicked Horror. Like a lot of these, a lot of these reviews come from, oh, the digital fix. I've, if you've been waiting from a, for a zombie apocalypse Christmas musical, then Anna and the Apocalypse will satisfy your every desire and more. All I see is all these sort of, let's just say, small websites. So this is not, nothing coming, comes from like, apart from like Brian Eggett, I suppose, um, come from, you know, IndieWire or, Mm-hmm. rotarybird.com or anything like that it's these small I, I know what this is small websites as in like someone got a screener from a PR company and then they fear like if they if we if we do a negative review of this then they're not going to send us any more screeners so it, like it's it's a sort of influencer critic of just like we have to be positive in us so like three and a, three out, three and a half out of five so it's positive uh Maybe, and we yeah. don't have anything interesting to say, so let's just comment on the fact that it mashes up like these three things together or four things together, and this is this is enough. No, it's not. All you guys want is free free stuff to watch. 
bullshit Maybe. is what it is. I call bullshit on that kind of behavior. And this is why critics are so full of shit because everyone can call them themselves a critic now and say like, look, I review films for a living. Um, no, you're not. Like you still have, you still flip burgers, but you know, <clears throat> but Jesus Christ, like this is not, is is this all, This is this how low we've sank? You know, that you know, just... That you this, know, people will just like make these write these positive reviews because um, it gives them clout because they maybe will end up one day on a Blu-ray blurb or whatever. This gem of a genre mashup is rough around the edges, but a true festive delight. So, yeah, rough around the edges, sure. Uh, if you happen to like it, genre mashup, fine. But where's the festive delight? Like it, it's. It's just such funny a, and such romantic, a phony appropriately gory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like funny and romantic, false, appropriately gory, false again, and deliriously catchy, false once more. Have we watched the same film, Peter Gray? <laughs> <laughs> I could see someone being seduced by a few of those songs. I, I still do have an affection for some of the songs, and there's a little bit of a mismatch in my mind too between. Uh, some of these songs in the first half are really above the caliber of the rest of the film. Sort of makes me wonder how they got something like Hollywood ending because I, I do find that they're, they're catchy, they're strong and mm-hmm. it just, it's just sort of peculiar. Oh, from the- Pasadena weekly, John McPhail ensures that as that an anything goes sense of fun saves the day. Even if these plucky kids can't always save their town and their loved ones. Like what? Okay. <sighs> Ooh, Bob Mondale from NPR. If you're looking for polish and sophistication from Anna and the Apocalypse, you're chomping on the wrong neck. But the songs are bouncy, the performance is fresh, and the gore happily not in an, any way related to real life. You got to love that. Okay. Uh, he's, he's sort of... He's okay. That's okay. Except you gotta love it. Show tunes meets Shaun of the Dead in the delightfully gruesome Scottish horror musical Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, by the way, I suppose another gimmick, especially for Americans, because it's people have these weird regional accents. It's set in Scotland, although no one really has a proper Scottish accent in there. It's true. Some two characters have, let's just say, let's call it a mild Scottish accent, so it's just like accessible to Westerners because, like, some like you you show someone in in LA like train spotting without subtitles, they'll be like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I'm done. Final thoughts. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, not uh, an uncut gem. I was sort of riding the fence maybe a little bit. Just you because liked of, it, didn't you, I, the first I, go? My, yeah, my first go I did. So it did sort of wash over me and stuff. But, you know, it's the it's the music. And maybe I do have a soft spot. I have the soundtrack. And I, there are four songs, which I do have on a couple of my playlists. Four songs, three songs. you listen to them in the car? I do. Breakaway, oh, Hollywood Christ. Ending. <laughs> Turning my life around. They're three. They're three solid, fun songs. So they they exist on one of my playlists, um, and I like them. And I have an affection for this movie for that reason. But when you really look at this movie, uh, it's it's a gimmick that they looked to expand, 
and they didn't really know how to go about it. So you've got one half, which is high school musical, no real engagement with the zombie thing. Um, and then you've got another half, which is the zombie thing, no real understanding of how to do a zombie movie. Um, and you don't have anything threading the two together. You don't have a, a character arc for, for Anna. You, you don't have um, a group of people that, you know, you, you feel in an intense situation with that you've got to just sort of get to safety or get to the next town or whatever. Uh, because rather than that, that type of movement for the, for the story is supplanted by this nonsense with the principal taking Anna's dad hostage. The film really doesn't have a clue what it's doing in the final half. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Well, arguably throughout, but it's really front and center in, in the, this final business and bringing the, the, the boyfriend, he's not even the boyfriend, this one night stand dude, who's a bully and, for 20 seconds in the first half hour and he's brought back as sort of a significant character we should care about makes no sense. So the, 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 the script writing, the development of this is, is so lost that, you know, you, you look at this, yeah, you can have an appreciation for the, you know, the three or four songs that I like, uh, but there's, there's nothing else in this really, except maybe the, the charm of Ella Hunt and, and Malcolm coming. So yeah. So how, this, how many oh, out of five? Yeah, thank you. I think I think it was starting the day at two and a half, but I think it's going down to two. All right. I think I'm there with you. I think two out of five is probably where I'm gonna put it. Because it's not like I hated it with a passion, but it's really boring. It's kind of what it is. I totally mm-hmm. agree. It's kind of it, yeah. It doesn't execute on anything substantially, which makes me think this is one of those we have to make a movie. We we know that that we want to make a movie, not that what kind of movie we want to make. Uh, sort of scenarios. It's yeah, one of those that kind of just came together after a bunch of teenagers watched Shaun of the Dead, and one day they said like, we should totally make a zombie film, and some and some drama kid goes like, make it a musical, you know, and just I suppose ideas are one thing, execution is another. And having a passion for what you're doing is important to executing on something correctly. And I don't think that they do. And I don't think they had an idea for more than 20 minutes of this. Um, maybe as a 20-minute film, you get to kind of get away with the with, with the fact that you don't really have a, an idea and enough sort of burning passion for what you're doing. That, you know, because this film's going to be over before people find out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I am. Two out of five, not an uncut gem. It's a zombie movie that's that's not intense enough. It's a musical that's not musical enough, and it's a teen movie that's not that's not putting too much stock in its character. So it's so again, Anna and the Apocalypse is a f- festival of wasted opportunity. That's kind of where I'm gonna put it, and I totally I disagree with these sort of like um, let's you know these sort of critical assessments of. Let's just give this. Let, let's just congratulate these people on mashing up three things together because no one's ever done this before. Like, yes, good job. But they're not mashed. Exactly. <laughs> and just like, don't congratulate that they mashed it. Congratulate on how well they did the mashing. <laughs> they didn't really do that, did they? Stupid. Right. And it's gonna be difficult. So I'm gonna ask you for at least three nice things about this film. <laughs> 
Okay, I can because you know I, there's some goodwill that's been established with me. I will say three, so. Three different songs, <laughs> basically. Uh, there's another song I sort of like in here. It doesn't have a lot of uh, replay value, but I really, I, I really do find the song sort of funny. Um, Give it to me, Santa, or whatever it's called, where the 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 girls singing on stage and it's got all these innuendos in it about you know come on santa unload your sack and my chimney needs a good unblocking <laughs> i think that is funny uh anyway so that's one uh number two i guess that's number three number two the song breakaway the start of the school day it's very high school musically um and it's appropriate and works and it's a good little ditty i can get behind that great and number one it's the gimmick itself it's the marketing materials itself it's turning my life around you know the whole song is 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 pretty fun and you've got uh, ella hunt sort of charmingly uh disengaged with society around her which is collapsing and you've got chaos and explosions in the background and cars crashing and zombies milling about and she's just joyfully singing turning my life around it's a good song. It's a, a fun lead actress. And the whole gimmick is packaged in this one scene. And they they didn't know how to branch out from here. But it's here. And it, this is solid. Mm-hmm. And those are my three. Right. I've got... Let's just say a bunch of small moments like turning off the radio. These sort of like shadows outside. Like some... like some blood sort of here and there as these sort of signs of of this sort of impending doom this tightening news promise it doesn't really go anywhere but these sort of elements i really like and i i hoped it, they would have added up to something substantial they don't unfortunately but yeah that's kind of one um another one of those that just like please can i have more of these moments please sir can i have a bowl of that sir you know mm-hmm. the bowling ball kill with the oh yeah, just the, yeah. the guy's skull just like snapping um it, see show you show me one nice special effect that looks campy and shitty and cheesy more of this and all of a sudden this becomes a campy horror film that has a cult potential yeah sure yeah yeah uh and the f- finally is what i call the uh the Shaun of the dead sequence which is like you're turning your life around song like again do more of that please but i really like this song Cool. Um, moment now but tom's okay <clears throat> i got a bunch and i'll go more than three on this uh so no particular order paul k's character the way he's written he goes from being a curmudgeon to a motivationless villain hate mm-hmm. that hate it hate it hate it ben wiggins character he's the guy that Anna slept with, I guess, in a previous mm-hmm. life. With the boyfriend. The, the bully. The bully. And he comes it's back scandalous. and he's, he's meant to be this important character. Uh, and he's one of the final three that live. He's one of the final girls. And uh, it just makes no sense to me. So there's that. I feel the relationship. Here's another one. The relationship between Anna and her dad is brutally underwritten. And we're supposed to, you know, care about the fact that the dad, Mark Benton, I think his name is, he's tied Mm -hmm. up at the end with Christmas lights. So stupid. And, you know, like there's just no heft to that scene at all. Hate that. 
Um, oh, and then missed opportunity. The fact that the apocalypse could have been used as a symbol for life being the scary future for the kids totally crapped the bed on that missed an opportunity mm-hmm. it was right there in front of them and that that could have been sort of a, a piece that brought everything together and and they even missed had the, the ball sh- and they had the, the shots they had these four kids in the bowling alley looking out the window at their their future which looks bleak and yep nope <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't don't see it. it's right in front of them uh and then number one paul k just his performance is grating Yes, Paul K twice. I had his character, and now I have his whole <laughs> performance because he's annoying at the beginning. <laughs> he's annoying at the beginning as well. So yeah, he's sort of there twice. Nice. Okay, what about you? Got, I've got. Uh, the teenager quips, not funny, and it's like, oh, not Tay Tay. Do you think Taylor Swift's just like shut up? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Brutal. Um, I've got okay, and this is something that really bothers me, and this is like a total Jakob slash Uncut Gems type complaint. Uh, Anna just gets out of bed on the sort of the on the turning myself around whatever day, right? Mm-hmm. She gets out of bed, goes to the advent calendar, and picks up a chocolate. Twenty second of December, and she goes to school. In Britain, school breaks a week before Christmas week. So she shouldn't be going to school. And so that indicates that she went to school on the 21st of December. She like mm-hmm. why? Just saying, just pick a different day on the on the cal- on the advent calendar. Just saying, like my 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 Bora um breaks for school like just a week a week ahead of Christmas. So it's like on the 18th they're they're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a week. They have they have two weeks off for Christmas essentially. I'm, and I'm looking at the calendar. And I'm trying to think in Canada if what day of the week could tw- the 22nd fall on a day of the week where it was feasible that they'd be going to school. And, and if if, the, if this would have also no. been a day that came after a, a school day too, right? So so it shouldn't be Monday. No, if it's <laughs> no, if it's on a Friday, if it's on a Friday, Christmas is on Monday, so that wouldn't happen either. Yeah. yeah, it makes no sense. That stupid movie. Stupid film. <laughs> and but what really bothers me again is it's one of those like kids just throwing out just throwing shit at the wall and nothing sticks. The ending of the film were the audacity to end the film with a jump scare with a zombie in in a Santa outfit. Stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was just like, why? Like, it's like, all of a sudden, like, oh, now we're trying to be scary? Like, the credits are rolling. Right. See, I'm sort of forgetting this. <laughs> or is this oh. just only in the UK version for some reason? There's this, like, Maybe. Ah, at the end. Uh, dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah, I might just have to look just to see uh. that final shot. Because I think, doesn't she just drive away? Yeah, and then there's a jump scare right there. Christ, do I forget that? <laughs> Maybe. Just check now. <laughs> no, I okay, just hold on. Uh billions and billions and billions. Second, it's on it's on show. Billions and billions oh. and billions and billions and billions and billions.
billions and 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 billions no, it just cuts. Oh, you don't have the jump scare. This is where you're missing I, out in the American cut of the film. Okay, I guess so. Yep, she so picks I, them up. Boom, I saved your life. And then they drive away. And then nothing. Hold on, I'm gonna... Well, Ella Hunt looks sad. And the gal with the short hair, what's her name? Samantha Swire. Oh, and friggin' Ben Wiggins, you piece of turd. Why are you even in this scene? Ugh. Yeah. For now, hold on. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there Hold on. Just watch this. I can see this. You see it? Yeah, I don't get that shot either. Yeah. Oh my god. Brutal. (laughs) uh, I'm going to add that to my bottom list and I didn't even see it. Yeah, no. Uh, Okay. Well, and I'll add maybe to the top list the fact that I didn't get that. In the North American version. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, with that, Anna and the Apocalypse is available to stream literally everywhere. <laughs> so I think it's in various regions on Shudder. I think in America, it's on like AMC+. Plus. Uh, Shudder and Prime in Canada. And Prime. I think in the States too. In the UK, it's also like Shudder, Prime and ITVX. So... No reason to pay extra money for it. Not that you ever should, and not that we would endorse it. So, there's that. This is where you can watch Anna and the Apocalypse if you're in the mood for a, you know, a high school musical meets zombies and Christmas, but not executing anything properly. So, to your funeral. Meanwhile, then we've done it. So, Randy, how about you tell us where you can where we can find you and your stuff. You can find me on X at Randy Burroughs. You can find me on Letterboxd at Bratch7. You can find me on my Facebook group, Island Film Geeks. Boom. Lovely. You can find me, Jakob Flash, Letterboxd, FlashOnFilm.com. Uh, not pretending Twitter exists. Uh, at Uncut Gems Pod everywhere is where you can find us because somehow we exist on Twitter and, oh, I suppose X.com and everywhere else. Uh, uncutgemspodcast.com is where is the website where you can visit and browse our shizzle Uncut Gems Podcast now patreon.com slash uncutgemspod is the patreon account where you can go and um, support us and get access to extra stuff and remember you know between the Christmas and New Year's you'll get all the uh, patreon exclusive Soderbergs available to listen for free for uh, one week only so that's your chance also, send us an email at uncutgemspod at gmail.com if you want to share your thoughts on anything. And also, remember, you know, 
You can always leave us a donation, ko-fi.com slash uncutjamesport, or just leave us a review, a star rating, or just tell a friend. That's all we want. So, with that, you have yourself a nice and merry Christmas. Merry and we Christmas. we shall see you just, what, like, just before New Year's, and we'll be talking about Terror Train, which is a, you know, not a Christmas-themed horror film, but a New Year's Eve-themed horror film, <laughs> so we're staying in the theme. And then, on that episode, you'll find out what we have in store for 2024. So, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah.